Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triforce Podcast. Yes, we're back. that's right. We're back. Oh, With me we're back. And Perian Flax. Hello. Oh. And Sips. Why me last? Oh. I was talking first. I. Yeah, how dare you? Sips. So, 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 sorry, sorry. So, 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 this week, okay. Yeah. All I've been doing right. is playing Crusader Kings three. Right. Yeah. Reading about the Crusades. Yeah. Right. And thinking about the Crusades. <laughs> and so, one thing I thought interesting which i was just thinking about literally five minutes ago was each of these like old houses old dynasties has this motto right and some of them are are really stupid um but obviously it's all the classic stuff in latin like you know i'm sure your school had a latin bit of text around it um that says like behave and prosper or something like that you know or you know knowledge is power i don't know classic stuff like that yeah um but some of these house dynasties are really weird one of them i noticed i wrote two of them down one of them was break your sword upon our pleasure right jesus what what does that mean does that mean like my dick is so fucking hard that you're gonna. I'm gonna fucking deflect your sword with it. I'm not sure it means that, like, but um, maybe that's not what they had in mind at the time when they were like, "Hey, Lenny, we're gonna need a house motto here. Uh, you got any ideas?" And then Lenny just comes in obsessed with his his dick and everything dick related. And you know, maybe it would have been a little bit more sort of like my dick for your pleasure. You know, would have been the motto. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think but, they would have had but like because the, oh, it's bad translation. Do you think? Yeah, it's. Because it was probably like a, I think, um, I originally think so. in Spanish or something. Our, our, our school motto was Ayustitia enim harambe, which means right. ju- harambe. It means justice for harambe. Right. <laughs> That's a really good motto, actually. It was. Uh, so, so the original, so the one which I, the other one I got when I picked a house, for some, I think it might be randomly generated, but it was irritate not the bear. And I thought... <laughs> Great advice. <laughs> That's my personal motto in the mornings, for sure. There's medieval yeah. house name generator. Fantasy, noble no, I, house name generator. I think that would generator. work for a lot of households, actually, as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, irritate not the bear, because the bear is the dad. You know, the thing is, like, you have to read beyond, okay, these house days. And, right. and I had one more for you, actually, which I thought was really succinct and, like, just really, really, like, just good. Like, it's, it's I repay. Mm. And I was like... That sounds like it's obviously it, uh, at first glance that doesn't sound scary. You right? think, all right, but when you, know, you think about it, so they're f- financially solvent and or um, reliable. That's know. what they sound like. They're reliable, but, but also there's this revenge there. Yeah. There's, there's this "don't fuck with me" attitude. Yeah, do you well, know what I mean, I, 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 I think it's weird that how many houses that the, the gist of the mottos from what you're telling us is: look, we're just gonna we're, we're not threatening you. 
but if you fuck with us, we will destroy you. And I think it's Honestly. interesting that that's the attitude. Obviously, very defensive. It is. You know, if you met someone, if you met someone, and you were like, you were like, hi, I'm I'm Sips. Oh, hi, I'm Ted. By the way, I, I will re- avenge upon you sevenfold any harm that befalls me. And you're like, <laughs> uh, okay. You know, whilst I'm threatening you. Yeah, I'm just, no, I'm just saying that if you fuck with me, I will level you. I will destroy you. You will be reduced to atoms. So anyway, you were saying it's like I was playing Crusader Kings 3 as well and uh, renaming my uh, dynasty and house name and motto and stuff. But I I found the best thing to do for a motto, maybe this is what they did back in the day as well, Mm. was use excerpts from songs. So one of my mottos was, don't go chasing waterfalls. I thought that was, that was I thought that was pretty good. And another one of mine was my heart will go on cuz I thought that was oh. a, that would have been a pretty good one as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. That's a good one. I think having a heart on the banner like not not a heart shape because but but like an actual sh- you know like a stylized a actual My next one I banner. think is going to be my neck, my back Lick my pussy and my crack because I think that's a good. I think that's a good motto as well. I've been carefully renaming every everything to, to around the the egg theme. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. I always I always make my ruler bold. All my kids' names have the word egg inserted into them. And right. uh, for instance, when we were in charge of of Sweden, we became Sweet Egg, uh, the kingdom of Sweet Egg. Uh, Wessex was Wessex. Sweet Egg. And we right. renamed it Dorset. I don't really. I don't tend to rename counties or. It's very clever. Uh, You've got it. Empire. Like if I create a custom empire, um, sometimes I'll name it something weird. But house name, I always make uh, Pennywhacker, who's like my of course my, my fictional character that I like to um, to use for all sorts of stuff. I like to RP as him as well. Um, that means a lot of different things. And you know? um, the last game I played, we had um, a guy named Rory was uh, donating and saying, can you please name somebody after me? So I named a child Rory. Um, and Rory went on to be, we had Rory the fourth as a wow. king. And then Emperor Rory went through to Emperor Rory the fifth. Wow. Do not vex the lion. That's so, what his thing could so be. So the rule was every time we had a first... Rory. Because he's first, Rory. Very Firstborn good. son would be named Rory uh, and oftentimes made it through to inherit uh, fully. And then um, Rory does sound like the name of a toy lion, doesn't it? Rory, you know Rory, yes. And then, uh, and then it would be um, other sons would be named like Peter, so for Peter Pennywhacker, and daughters would be named Penny for Penny. What would Penny? Peter what Wacker. is Pennywhacker's motto? Well, it could uh, be anything like uh, look after just, the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves. Look yeah, after the pennies mm, and the whacking will look after itself. And the whack- <laughs> All my bitches pop your pussy like this and things like that <laughs> you know just like there's like whatever motto suits them at the time sort of thing you know it's it's just it's such you... a great game to stream yeah i think because it's unlike any other game like everybody's everybody that's played ck3 still enjoys watching it because the story is different every time i'm like st- rimworld and other games like that it, it's got such an emergent story and random shit will happen like we were playing last night we did a six-player multiplayer game which was great fun and uh, someone declared war on me for part of Mercia. Right. And I thought it was Mercia in England, which, you know, sometimes in Sweden you end up with chunks of it. I didn't even invade. But you just get bits of it randomly. But I suddenly had a little tiny bit of Spain, the shakedom of Mercia. And I was like, yes. what? It's yeah. like, how did this happen? It's just funny when you're playing a Your larger vassals country. just go off and... Yeah, they go it, do shit. Well, and normally they just press their own claims. So if you have a if you have a vassal that's you know started off in your kingdom as like a guest yeah. or something like that sometimes they just come into your realm with like some weird ass claim in yeah, some yeah. foreign land they'll press it they get press it. it 
And then yeah, um, or sometimes they'll marry someone and then you know end up accidentally inheriting a random bit of shit. I've yeah. done that a bunch of times. It's, it's funny. really interesting. Yeah, it's nice to spread your seed out. There it is. You never know what's going to come back to you later on. I've been doing. Um, I've been playing it a lot recently, and I've done a. I've done a bunch of different starts. I've started as a count and built my way up. Started as a duke and built my way up. So like you know, being a vassal of a of you know having a liege or whatever. And I've done independent. Started as an independent count. Started as an independent independent duke where you can sort of thing and um i i it's it, it's 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 different right when you're independent uh you feel like you you really have to survive right like because mm. uh, everybody is out yeah. to just bully you we talked about this last week and it's so interesting how the system that they had in place this feudal system of counts and dukes and the way that it inherited led to this kind of odd behavior of people uh -huh. where they like where they behaved in a certain way and acted a certain way uh, because they were sort of pulled into it by the system that was built up. Yeah. It ended up with these civil wars and and fractured, you know, constantly things were fracturing and forming back together. And that just created this constant war, really, between people um, trying to claim something that they would, you know, or having a weak claim or a strong claim. It was so vague, you know, that uh -huh. people could just be like, yeah, I've... I got a claim to this bit because I'm the Duke of this bit. And it's like I had a what? like I had a really good one. I was playing um I, I was trying to to form the Holy Roman Empire. So I started off as uh as we win the, the the Dutch of well like the Duchy of Vienna, I guess. Uh but like the 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 comfortable way of <laughs> spelling it for me. I, I can't <laughs> even pronounce that word. Uh but so like so anyway, I created Austria. <laughs> I had the kingdom of Austria. Um, and then I, uh, had, um, I had, uh, like, you know, I had my rulers, I had my dynasty, everything was in place or whatever. And, um, I had a son and a daughter, mm. the son was set to inherit, mm. um, and the daughter would have been next in line. Uh, but stupidly I married the daughter off for an alliance, but not matrilineally. Right. So she went off to, uh, Byzantium, married in there. I had a really good alliance with them. I, the, you know, they were my biggest neighbor or whatever, um, and it was off the back of that marriage. And then my son died. So she became um, the heir. And then I died shortly after that. And she took over. But she was still married to the emperor. Um, oh, God, Lord. And it was matrilineal. So so she was the end of the of the dynasty. She was the end of the road, basically. I, I, yeah. I desperately had to scramble around and try to create another member of my dynasty. So I had to hunt around and find a fellow dynasty member, have an affair with him to have a child, okay? Which I did. I was like 43 years old at the time. So it was like pretty close to like the cutoff point for women in the game to have children. I had a, I had a daughter named Margaret who became uh, the, 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 the sole like heir of the entire dynasty. Oh, you're like okay? hanging on by a just hanging on by team. a thread, yeah. So it's um, weird how you need to. It's weird how the family name is yeah. something which is it becomes then, very so important. She went off, and I. She wasn't married. She must have. She must have become a love interest or a, a lover of somebody else or whatever, and got pregnant. Okay, this is leading up to me being in my like early sixties. So I was about to die, and uh, and then all of Austria was going to be handed down uh, to her. And if not her, then it would just go right back into like into my like uh, husband, the emperor's lineage, right? So she gets pregnant and has a child, and the moment she has a child from somebody outside the dynasty, she is not part of the dynasty anymore. 
And then about a year later, I died and it was game over. That was it. Right. Oh. So after all that, I, after all that, it was done. <laughs> it, it was, yeah. It was such a weird journey. It's, it's nice to like have a journey though. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. There isn't like a, there isn't like a fixed thing. You don't have to build the Eiffel Tower or something. No, no, win, no. That was know, like the most of... interesting playthrough I've had in like a hundred odd hours of playing this game so far. Talking of Dukes, Duke Leto Atreides and his son, Paul Atreides, the Duke's concubine, Jessica. The Dune trailer. The trailer. Have you seen the Dune oh, I haven't trailer. seen this yet. Very, no, of... very excited. It looks like a really good. It looks adaptation. like an actual movie. Well, I, I yeah. like. I, I was talking about this on stream last night. I, I, I am a big fan of Dune. Like it was one of the first really sort of big books that I read um, and fell in love with. In that it's like such an iconic sci-fi it's, novel. It really is very iconic. That's exactly it the word is. For it, yeah. And it, it, it's just so many of the concepts Sand. that it put forward were so that good. That would be House Atreides' motto. Sand, yes. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, there was rumours that there was going to be a new Dune movie and this guy was going to direct it, that guy was going to direct it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And then when they said Denis Villeneuve was going to do it, like, he's an amazing director. He's brilliant. Like, Arrival was just beautiful. Um, I loved the new Blade Runner. I was really excited. But I thought, you know, what if it goes like the other ones and just falls through? And then I started to see the pre-production stuff and I saw who they'd cast and then I was seeing the trailer and I am I am extremely excited. I cannot wait. It looks like they've done a, a really, really good job. So I'm House very, Egg very would be poached, scrambled or fried. Yes. That, that would be... If we should crack, we shall fight back. <laughs> yeah, that would be... It would be something or like Or we do not crack. Sunny Cider. Uh, that would so, be our... Sunny side up. <laughs> Sorry, though, no, Judy's exciting. I'm I'm excited for it as well. There's um I think this they're scared to release movies because of the pandemic, right? Yes. Because they don't think they they're scared to it's because the cinemas are still sort of closed and they're scared to like put them out on on demand or whatever. So they're sort of bank backing up like popular movies at the moment. It feels yeah. like Yeah. I I mean um, I went to see Tenet. Um I went to see that a couple of weeks ago. What did you think? Was it alright? Uh, I I don't think it was great. Um, I thought it was okay. Uh, <laughs> wow. It certainly was okay. Movie released at a bad time. That's yeah. a shame. It, it it honestly was. It was a interesting idea, but I just feel like the execution was a little bit ham fisted. I, I don't know. It was. It didn't feel like when you when I compare it to Interstellar, which is probably my favorite um, Nolan movie, because it was just so good. It was just like everything about Interstellar felt, felt exciting. And I loved all the put little you, details. It put you things. into the world really well. It really it? did. And just were little details like the robots were really good. Um, the, the cinematography was unbelievably good. The music was so iconic. And yeah. I, I like the word iconic today, obviously, but it, it was. Like everybody knows the Interstellar music. Um, it was just a perfect film. I think it was absolutely wonderful. Regardless of criticism about oh, science, it's a fucking movie. It was good. Um, yeah. Tenet was a little bit weird. Um, and the, the sort of big action sequences didn't feel very, very good. Um, the backwards stuff, not to give anything away, but there's some backwards stuff, just kind of feels a bit flat. Uh, there were some wonderful yeah, moments. I, I mean, you see that in the trailers, people doing stuff backwards, yeah. and it's like, how does that fucking work? It, it, and I, they I, never really get, explain it. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, I don't understand why that's a thing or how that would work. So it is a bit odd. Um, it's it, it's good, though. I think that the performances are very good. There are some very cool scenes and moments in it. Overall, I would say I enjoyed watching it, but it's certainly not one that I would rush to see again, uh, would be how I would put it. Uh, yeah. Whereas Inception, I really enjoyed. Now, I, I've enjoyed watching that multiple times. Um, this felt like they tried to squeeze. There's, there's so much complexity to the idea they're trying to get across 
so many different characters and all the rest of it and situations and the setup is so complicated that there's actually a lot of scenes where there's just people delivering exposition. And the other problem was the audio mix, as it is on most Nolan movies, was fucking abysmal. I don't know what he's doing, but I read some theory that apparently one of the guys who works on Nolan movies says he likes to have the, the sound effects like super loud to sort of blast you into your seat right. and to sort of impress upon you that shit's happening. But then he doesn't want the dialogue to be too loud because he wants you to have to lean in and engage with the movie and sort of really pay attention. And I thought, that's not good when the exposition is like, some guy mumbles something that explains the previous two hours of movie. And you're like, what the fuck did he say? Like, what? So it does feel a bit like they try to squeeze too much into something. Uh, it, it felt like there could have been another two hours to the movie and we still would have maybe just explained everything. But it wasn't that hard to understand. I, I see that sometimes where you're watching a, like a, a, an animation or like a, a thing and they've, they've got too much story and it feels... You see it a couple of times on some Rick and Morty episodes where they're just trying to rush through it because they've got too much yes. time. If the, if the, if the plot um, is too complicated to summarize easily, your plot is probably too complicated. Like that That's just the way it is. I mean, Inception was quite straightforward, really. It felt confusing the first time maybe you watched it because like a lot of Nolan movies, you haven't really seen a plot like this before. The dream within a dream and all the rest of it. But it wasn't that complicated. Like The Prestige as well. I watched The Prestige the other day, just coincidentally. Great, and Great movie. Great movie. Yeah. But the plot to it is, is again, it, you understand it. It doesn't need exposition. It doesn't need And there's plenty of time for them to fuck around and stuff right. on the sides as well. Yeah, and even Interstellar, sure. there is some exposition in Interstellar, but it's not, it feels like it, it, it makes sense because the exposition is delivered as in one character who doesn't know what's happening is having something explained to them by another for a reason. Like the, the meeting where Coop goes to, he accidentally bumps into NASA's secret base and they explain what's happening to him. It makes sense that they're explaining it to him there. So even though it's exposition, it's at least told from one character who knows something to another character who doesn't. And you understand why that needs to be explained on screen. Sometimes in Tenet, I feel like it's two people explaining what's happening and you think, these guys, these guys probably know. Like it just feels a bit weird. Um, it, yeah, it feels a bit strange. And there's some other things that are hinted at that are quite cool, but overall I'd say, a middling, a middling film. Anyway, you're right. This film came out in the middle of lockdown. It, the, the the day after it came out, I went to the cinema to see it, and there were like eight of us in the theater. So normally I would have expected it to be absolutely rammed, but people are just not going out, understandably. So yeah, a film like June. I think a lot of people don't even realize the cinemas are open. Yeah, no, I well, think that might be a part a, of it. I think um, it, you guys are going back to like a like um. Uh, limited like um, public meetings and stuff like that next week, right? In England, isn't it? Something no, it's like it's yeah, probably. We're, we're down to six people. You can't have gatherings of more than six people. Uh, I don't know why six. But it's getting worse. Again. This is this is my problem yeah. with a lot of this stuff. Is they're going from thirty to six. Yeah. Why six? Why not four? Why not eight? Why not ten? What what's the science behind that? What why six? Well, but there's always they always have to pitch these they're always thought through by some think tank, right? It's like the five a day thing. They they actually the scientists were like, Yeah, okay, you, people should eat eight a day, but if we say that, that's too many, no one's ever gonna do it. It's gonna be impossible. <laughs> so we should say we should say something that's actual actually a, a, a doable. So right. let's say five. Eight a not day. Six, no, five. Fuck the science me, says man. eight. But we're going eight to tell different people. Pieces I don't, think, of I don't fruit eat or eight of anything a day. Not different. Eight portions of fruit or vegetables. That's so much, though. Not even fruit. What's, a, not what's a portion? A portion is like, I don't know. Like one banana. Grams? 
75 grams. Like, but then again, a banana, I had a banana this morning. It was like the size of a finger. One piece of fruit. I had one the fruit. other day that was like the size of my dick. It was like massive. Wow, so, so really, even smaller. Even smaller than the first one. <laughs> Jeez. So, boom, uh, boom. Back, yeah, back, boom. Into, back into Crusader Kings. Mm. Um, oh, not Crusader Kings again. All it turns well, into is... Well, I just want to talk about... I threw like, a three, I he threw a two, and I need to throw a four, and he I'm, threw an eight. Um, I, 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 as much as I'm enjoying Crusader Kings, and I have been playing it a lot and enjoying it, I'm getting to the point where you're burned out it's not so much that i'm burned out i'm just i'm starting to get annoyed with certain uh, mechanics in the game uh that i i feel like well i i completely agree i don't want to like complain about it too much because i do it enough on stream but i've i've just been reading so much about the history of the sort of period and how how little i know and in fact i don't really like playing as as a lot of these countries like like Bavaria or Bohemia, because I know nothing about the history of that country or what even they, what language they speak, like like what their culture was like. You know, I don't know anything about Byzantium and the, the sort of Eastern Roman Empire and any of the history of that. So I've started listening to this podcast called the, the History of Byzantium, which has been going for about ten years, and honestly, like it's on like two hundred episodes. But they have a recent one about one of these Crusader events, the Siege of um, Antioch, right. which was a really cool story. Um, the actual podcast, I tried to go back and start at the beginning, which I couldn't do because it was terribly boring. And in the middle, it was again like just un—it's just un like unbreakably dense, yeah, <laughs> with history. Um, and it's just so so much history, like the Crusades, just hundreds of battles, each of them with a battle report each of them with like their own sort of unique spin that like, happened over such a long period of time that, you know, you'd have a, a king who was a leper. Uh, there was a leper king nice. who went into battle on a stretcher covered in bandages. I mean, what a, what a guy. He like, didn't, though. Just, That's a thing. There I, is. There's a lot of a lot of this stuff is sort of like um, it's exaggerated, right, to make it sound better throughout like the ages or whatever, because there's no way that you can actually, um, you know, like they, they didn't find his stretcher after the fact or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like a lot of it, no, I but, think, is just made up. I mean, he was like the fourth king. He was bald with the fourth or fifth or whatever. And he 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 ruled, he was like the fourth king or fifth or tenth king of Jerusalem. So they, they held Jerusalem for a long time and they had this sort of crusader kingdom out there. And uh, they've got pretty good documentation on what they did when they were out there. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's it's just amazing to to read it is, all this yeah, stuff. It, like some of these characters from amazing, history were yeah. so interesting and colourful. Like we remember um, Richard the Lionheart, right? It's like this favourable character who came in on like the Third Crusade and was actually com- competent for the first time. It feels like all of these crusade, all of these sort of era battles, they either had. They, they lost for two reasons, right? One was that they were overconfident. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, they just assumed that the enemy were useless and just 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 charged in blindly or started looting before the battle was over. <laughs> or, well, or, or they got surprised because that happened all the fucking time. Like the, half of the battles they lost because they were surprised and they put, and, and someone charged them or, you know, charged them in back when they were asleep or whatever. Yeah. But then the other thing is, the other reason they lose battles and sieges and castles is that they fall out with each other. They're like, yeah. they're greedy, right? And so they're like, oh, I, I should be the Count of of, of uh, Outre-Jordan or whatever. And they they just, they have a, they can't get, they bicker. And so it's like, one of the, if you if you have someone who is A, has scouts, B, doesn't just charge any old idiot, and C, 
doesn't have like constant arguments with his allies, then they they basically conquer like half the fucking world. <laughs> it feels like, yeah. You, you reckon mean? it was made like that was it back in the day? There wasn't. I mean, no one was going to nuke each other. They all had pretty much the same technology, more or less: swords, horses, bows, spears, shields, armor. And it was just like yeah. who could keep their shit together long enough would win the war. That really is because if, often if you these fell out or did anything would, stupid, you lost. As soon as the front line broke, that army broke. Do you know what I mean? Like right. that felt like that felt like the thing, right? Like you didn't. You could have these huge battles with twenty thousand men against each other, and they wouldn't kill ten thousand of each other. You right. know, one thousand to one guys would die, and then they'd break, and the you know the other guys would lose five hundred yeah. guys, and that would be the victory. You know, and then those ten thousand would yeah. dissipate back into the countryside right. where they like fights were weren't, fights weren't all or nothing. Like they had to bear in mind, like, hang on a second, we need to be able to fight again. Like we're not going to just lose everybody on this river crossing or right. <laughs> or whatever sort of thing. Yeah, or, or they could just they, they would just scared or the people could see the tide of battle turning they're like okay it looks like we're losing this battle we might as well retreat now um and it was like you know it was almost like that first it was almost like a bluff you could just Did win they a have battle to use they had to use the horns for that one oh. three horn blasts for a retreat like can you imagine imagine that's your fucking life you're a soldier in a medieval army <laughs> like, just waiting for was that, that three blasts yeah. or was I it, it was two three. i can't I hear I, let's run away i'm deaf because somebody keeps hammering my helmet with a sword <laughs> and, like it's just to be the worst it would Fuck. be rough but hearing like some of these hear these some of these exploits and also, how awful some of the Crusaders were! Oh my god, they would compared to like the um, sort of Muslim, you know, caliphs and sheiks at the time. Often the Crusaders were the, the were the worst people who did all these atrocities. Yeah. They would, I mean, even Richard the Lionheart, he had like three thousand Muslim prisoners, and he was waiting to uh, swap them with the Christian ones from Saladin, right? And so Saladin had like 2,000 Christian prisoners. He had 3,000 Muslim prisoners. They agreed a deal. And Richard was like, Saladin's taking too long. And he chopped all of their heads off. <laughs> and so Saladin chopped all the heads off the Christians. Right. The Christian In the name of it's God. Like absolute madness. <laughs> they made this agreement, but one of them was late. Can you imagine if I turned up 10 minutes to this podcast and you just chopped Sips' head just off? Just dismantled the Yogg's like, cast like completely. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, liquidated it. the company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny, like to oh, to hear these stories and just see what people did. Like sometimes the Crusaders were so fucking like um, hardcore in their Christian beliefs and stuff, and they just believed that people would would that Christ would save them. That they ended up in these terrible situations with no food and water. Yeah. Well, and uh, this to... is why this is why we're actively canceling all of them in 2020. They went cannibal on one place. Yeah. They deserve it. Ate all the people in there. Yeah, there, there, there was ridiculous. a lot of. Don't worry, God will God will give us some food in a bit because obviously we're doing the right thing. Right. And there's just but no could, food. Could you imagine you've got your crusader army and you've finally taken this castle? There's no food and you're like, I'm gonna have to chop up some people and eat them. Can you look in your Bible, Hugh of Blois, whoever, and see if you can see anything about cannibalism? <laughs> Thou shalt not eat the, her the heathen. Is that in there? Because we're really hungry. Oh, yeah. nope. Checked it. Can't find it. Chow Can't down, Can't find anything gentlemen. about cannibalism. We check with the bishop. He looks really hungry as well. <laughs> yeah, the so. bishop's like, yeah, it's good. Yep, we're good to go. Let's go. Get cooking. <laughs> I think part of being a crusader is knowing when uh, God's eyes are closed or he's gone to sleep so that you can get away with some <laughs> things like on the on the really slide. really is. Yeah. And some of these crusader have that insight. the biggest arseholes. So what was it? There was um, there was this big crusader battle, and they captured um, all these crusader nobles, and Saladin was there with them, 
And he was he passed one of them, Guy, who was the king of Jerusalem at the time. He passed him, or Guy maybe, uh, some water, which was the, the Muslim way to say, oh, you know, um, I'm going to spare you. Right. And so Guy passed it the water to um, this other guy who was uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Maud or Raymond, who was a, an asshole. He was like one of the evil kings who'd been just breaking truces and being a dick. And Saladin was like, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't give the wards to you, and he killed him on the spot. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> so Raymond fucking was just just dead. You know what? Off. You know what um, also surprises me is looting was just like how you got troops to fight a lot of the time. Like that was a lot of the motivation for people to go to war and stuff was was looting. And even like yeah, in, even in the like uh, the Napoleonic Wars, there was a lot of looting, and they were like, "What well, lads, you've taken the town." I'll give you two hours to loot. That was and it. And they go like, Way! and they just loot. Sometimes the Crusades didn't even make it to the Holy Land. They would get halfway, find a really rich town and just loot that. <laughs> it's just incredible. And, it was, and go home again. Yeah. It was so funny because it was just these... They they thought we'd gone far enough and we traveled yeah, three it, months. This fuck it. This lot of rich. Well, you well, like well, you know, with maps and stuff back then, you know, you, you're walking long enough, you, you might think, hang on, our destination is like, I don't know, whatever, Rome. But then you just happen ac- up across a town that kind of looks like Rome, and you just think, eh, "We're in Rome, I guess." Like, That'll do. Let's sack it. You know, like it. It, it must have happened all the time. Like, I think there would have the been time, a lot of misinformation oh, was, back then. A lot of it's so so funny to read yeah. though, because they these crusaders were on their way to somewhere, and they'd stop off at like a town or a castle or even an island. Uh, I think one time they stopped off at like. Um, I don't know. I think it was Crete or or something like that, or or, or Cyprus, and that the the local ruler is some sort of asshole to them. Is like, please leave, or it doesn't give them access to the market. So they're like, okay, let's kill all of you, and they just kill all the people, take the town over, loot the whole place, burn it to the ground. Yeah. Awful. And then fuck off, and it's like, what did you expect would happen? You guys ever think though, um, as well? You know, like these really, really ancient sort of accounts that are written by people that you just sort of it, naturally you just sort of accept as like, oh yeah, okay, that's exactly what happened. But like, I don't know. Sometimes I think, you know, what if it, what if in uh, two hundred years from now we came back and we read an account of of something uh, that you know supposedly happened or did happen or whatever. We read through it and we're like, "Wow, that must ex- be exactly what it's like." But then you go, you rewind two hundred years to the person writing that account, and they're like, "I don't know, like the the fucking stapler guy from Office Space, or like the log lady from Twin Peaks, who has like a fucking <laughs> jam jar collection, and is just like a bit eccentric and weird, and maybe not the most like trustworthy person with like factual information or whatever." You know what I mean? Like. It, like a lot of this stuff could have just been written by anybody and You're also right. un- under like uh possibly stress to like not uh upset a king or a lord or something I, I, I at the time you do and- have to look at the characters of these people yeah, who wrote yeah. it. but it, it tends to be there's a lot of people who wrote things and there's a lot of, there's a lot of different sources some things don't i'm not many. saying that there's anything wrong with the stapler guy by the way or the log lady i'm just saying like we we trust would you trust them we trust some of these accounts the without ever like 
you know, thinking about it, really. You just think because it's old, it must be true and trustworthy. But like, I think you're right. And it does need to be a good story or else people wouldn't have passed exactly, it on. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, like, some, some of it you have to, I think you just have to take with a pinch of salt, really. Like, it's but not, there is a lot of history, a lot of sort of different sources. The monks, because it was this religious thing, people, the monks tended to write stuff down. Um, and so a lot of the priests who accompanied the crusades and stuff were quite. We're quite good at keeping sure. track of what happened. Yeah, um, there's a few interesting different sort of sources, but obviously you're right. There's always they always want to make themselves look good in those. Yeah, sources, I, I understandably as well. But like, I don't know. It just it feels like people just sort of take it as 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 hard fact when you know maybe it, it wasn't really. There's probably there's a lot of good of- historians who talk about this stuff because there was this thing called the Swedish Crusade where the Swedish Christian kings went to Finland and apparently. It's just mythological. It, yeah. it, according, there's no sources for it. It probably didn't happen, but it became this like popular story that yeah. you know because everyone was doing different crusades. So you know, with the Reconquista trying to take back Spain and all of the different sort of crusades that happened, there were, there were tons of. It's so much history and so much stuff that I've no knew and still know. Yeah, fuck all about. It's like the but, local legend when I was growing up. There was a local legend in my neighborhood where right. this guy. Who was he was older than us and he was just he was just known for being for doing things that were sort of like ahead of his time, you know, like he was the first person that any of us knew who ever like smoked a cigarette. You know, we were young at the time. Okay. Right. But the local legend was that he'd somehow gotten hold of like 20 Playboy magazines and he stashed them in the woods. Okay. <laughs> And a common place to stash magazines. Exactly. That was how we used to get out. Exactly. Yeah. And th- but there's no basis for this whatsoever. I don't even think he ever said that he did this. It was assumed. I had a theory about this. Actually, it was assumed that he an, did as it. As an interruption, I reckon that you can't throw away porn in your bin because people will see it. Right. And so you have to dump it somewhere. And the woods are where people dump bodies. Right. Mm. They, they also dump like a sofa sometimes or porn. I reckon that's. I reckon that the porn in the woods thing is just because people wanted to find a way to get rid of it no. without putting it in their normal no. household trash. So no, a couple not, of times we'd be walking through the woods because it was like a shortcut for us to get, you know, to somebody's house or whatever. And we would actually stop and just have like a, you know, quick two minute look around just to see like, oh, I wonder if he stored the Playboys here or whatever. And it, you know what I mean? It was enough. It was it was a complete myth. But we 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 believed it, or just wanted to believe it, or thought it was funny enough to believe, or or whatever. And so, like, it just became this thing. Like, every once in a while, we would just stop and just have a quick look around to see if we could find these like Playboy magazines, which just didn't exist. Like, they there's I mean, we, we, there's we no way this guy had twenty Playboy magazines. We used to see porn a lot in in Bournemouth. There were, it was probably just a couple of perverts that did it, I guess. But everybody knows that this is a thing that happens. It wasn't dumped. It was up for display. Like pages were, and pictures were taken out and put up on branches. Like it was like a, a gallery. <laughs> like wanted posters. It was like a pop-up gallery. Oh man. <laughs> wish I wish I would have grown up. Nature's there. We never gallery. Had anything like that. It was a gallery of porn. Like it was it was almost like for your delectation, humble wanderer. Welcome. Welcome to the pop-up porn gallery. Please do look at the artifacts that I have displayed for you here and this disgusting cloth that you might wonder what that was for. Like, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Oh, that that makes me think of something. That makes me think of something because I was thinking of trees. I, I played golf last weekend. Oh, nice. This is because of me and Sips played PGA 
22 2k 12 or whatever the yeah fuck yeah yeah it. that reminds me well, i want to try that nba one now too they there's a career yeah that one. looks fancy. that, that looks, looks really fancy. good i'm gonna get so it right I, now actually. i actually but don't, I don't take lessons. games too lightly guys or else you're gonna be fucking flying jets around and fucking killing <laughs> muslims no, no listen i've been about? watching that um the last dance documentary on netflix about uh the bulls and michael jordan and scotty pippen and all those guys and it's 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 uh it's made me want to play some some basketball i think yeah pretty fun. but but i i played the golf and i thought you know what this actually looks like it would be quite fun to play for real like i don't normally because i'm not in i mean i'm not i'm not in a great shape i'm not the kind of guy who can run go and play football center league football and run around for 90 minutes so I, i'd die so i thought golf is easy in terms of you know your athleticism and it's all about technique and you could just practice and maybe i'd get good enough to enjoy a bit of golf so i went to these lessons the other people on the lesson it was me and five women who were, I'd say, in their 50s. So I thought, okay, I'm obviously in the right place. You know, I'm basically taking on the lifestyle of, of a middle-aged woman. I'm happy with that. And uh, I went for my lessons. And I thought it was going to be an hour of them telling us how to hold the club and swing it. We wouldn't get to hit any balls. And I thought, wow, yeah, it's week one. But 10 minutes in, they were like, right, let's go hit some balls. And we were just we were just hitting the ball for like 45, 50 minutes. It was great. Nice. It was fantastic. It was so much fun. It, it is hard to get the technique right, but I'd say... Half of Were my... you just a driving range? This, no, it was like this... a practice range. Man, I love the driving range. The driving driving range, I'm, I'm going to go to that at the end of my lessons, hopefully when I've gotten better at swinging the club consistently. Yeah. There's a driving range not far from me, a proper one with like a little booth, like they always have on TV. You know, you have the little area, you've got your little tee off area, you just hit the ball and it shows you how far you've gone. Fantastic. So this was just like a, a small, a miniature practice hole. So there's a little green with a flag in it. You've got the build-up bit, and then there's like an AstroTurf bit that you all line up on and, and hit the ball. And they give you this plastic tube that's got about 25 golf balls in it. And when you've finished, or everybody's hit, finished hitting their golf balls, you just take the tube and you go and you just plonk the end of the tube on the golf ball. And it's sort of, there's a catch that, that catches it. So you just go, punk, 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 and you just pick them all up with this tube. You don't have to bend over and, and pick them up which I was like, this is an old person invention that I can appreciate. And once you've collected them all up, we go back and we hit them again. It was it was great fun. So earlier on, I, I like I, I had the, the tendency is that as you're hitting the ball, you want to look and see where it's going. So you lift your head up to see the ball coming off the end of the club, but if that just makes you hook it and slice it. So you've got to sort of keep your eye on the ball, keep your shoulder over it, follow through. And some of the shots, I'm telling you, it was like it was like getting the perfect timing on the PGA game. It was like the ball goes arrow straight, comes down right where you want it to. It was fantastic. Very satisfying when you hit nice. it just right. It makes a great noise. And I thought this is actually something I'm looking forward to, to oh doing again. Oh my god, this is it. You've tipped over. I have. You've tipped over to an old man. I'm gonna become a golf bore. I mean This is it. This is the seesaw of life. You're on the other side now, dude. I I know. But this is the weird thing, is as soon as I started talking about playing golf. Loads of people that I know, young guys, were like, oh yeah, I play golf. It's great. We should we should play golf sometime. And I was like, <laughs> wow, it's like a secret that I'm all these ready. people have. They just, I'm not ready. Yeah, they don't tell you that golf is a thing die. that people do. Yeah. I want to I be young. I want to live. But the, the, I want to live. Some of these guys, are, they're like 21, 22. 21, 22, they're playing ready. golf. I think it's like giving up. I think playing golf is giving up. I thought that too, Lewis. But when I went to the course... Where, like it was at a, a, a full golf course where I went to have the lessons. They had an area. I would say half the people there were younger than me. There were like there was a couple of teenagers go, doing a round together. There was a, a family like mum and dad, three kids. They were all playing. There was there were old people there for sure, but there were a lot of younger people. And the golf pro who took our lessons, um, who was a very impressive man, he said 
that the previous day they'd had 80 kids come through in 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 groups of 10 for golf lessons because right. it's like a big push from UK golf to get more people into golf and it's it's an easy thing to do in lockdown is you're naturally socially distanced you're on a golf course yeah. you only go around True. in small groups and everything yeah. so they're teaching these kids golf he said all these kids were like amazing it was like they're so elastic that their swing is like perfect they listen very intently and they all just get on with it and he was like it was amazing so he said all these kids are like just fantastic golfers. That's all things that I am not. I'm not elastic. I don't listen. Am I? I'm not Do flexible. I? Am I? I'm none of those things. But it's no. once you start hitting the ball, you want to hit it properly. And it's just minor adjustments. Like it really is. Does your, does your back hurt or anything? Or your arm I had hurt? a tiny, Pulled tiny bit of pain in my lower back that was just stiffness because I these are muscles I, I haven't used ever. Like having to twist one way and then the other and everything. Not a thing I ever do. The most I have to up. do is you sit should down. Be, you should definitely warm up. I think it is more important to warm down than warm up. I think is the advice oh. these days. But um, right. I think yeah. um, if I if I learned anything from watching the Let's Dance documentary, is the best way to play golf is to gamble with your friends while you're doing it. I think <laughs> definitely. that's how you have. I would hundred percent the most fun. But honestly, it was it was really fun. I recommend it. Nice. Um, and it was a tenner an hour. A tenner. I've got four lessons. It was forty quid, so ten pound for an hour lessons. That's pretty sweet. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, I mean that's really somebody's good. time, right? It's pretty good. Anyway, sorry, real I'm nice. I think no. I'm just distracted because I'm interested. I think June June is linked to this very much, right? It's very. It's a very crusader. Sorry, I'm still. I'm still thinking about June after you mentioned because I watched the trade as well, and I'm excited for it. I mean, the whole point they, of June is the, the the crusades, right? It's, it's essentially yeah, a crusade. Um, it feels very crusade. It is. It's got, um, but it's it's, well, a, it's of, kind of a reverse yeah. crusade. I don't want to do any spoilers, but yeah, it's yeah. definitely it's like a reverse crusade, yeah. But in the book, it's it's heavily implied. Well, a jihad, I guess, would be it, a reverse yes, crusade. Yes, it, it? it is a jihad. Like in fact, it, like if you if you read the the backstory, like in the um, the indices and everything about June, there, there was like the Butlerian jihad and everything. I think was about basically tearing down machines, which is why there aren't super advanced computers. You have human computers, the Mentats. Um, who are like, they do the job of computers by being able to focus their brains and, and essentially perform very difficult calculations very quickly because they banned computers and robots. That was the, I think that was what the Butlerian Jihad was about. A Dune super fan out there will correct me, I'm sure. Anyway. Maybe they need a Butlinian Jihad. So they do a Jihad <laughs> on Butlins. Uh, <laughs> butlins. <laughs> Yeah, that, I'd get behind that. Maybe Fuck they buttons. should think about doing one of those, you know. They've already read the Fuck red buttons. uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. But, but yeah, it, it is. there is kind of a crusade thing going on because obviously Paul Atreides wants to liberate the, the Fremen people and everything. But one of the things that they've hinted at is that the Missionaria Protectiva, which is like um, the Bene Gesserit mission to seed all these worlds out there with the myth of the Kwisatz Haderach, which is obviously what Paul is, the sort of the chosen one. Who can yeah. who can travel? His mind can do all kinds of crazy shit, and he's like basically a demigod. It's, it's a jump forward in the road, the idea. Yeah, of it. but That's the weird thing is that they seeded this idea so that if they'd ever need it, they could just like if they crash landed on a hostile world or whatever, they were stuck somewhere. They could be like they could just call on parts of the prophecy and and sort of fulfill bits of it intentionally, and everyone would be like, oh my god, they're the chosen ones, and they could get out of jail free. I thought that was quite an interesting idea. There's some really cool ideas in it. It was really it yeah. was really his his magnum opus. Yeah. Um, the rest of the books were not as hot. Um, I mean, doesn't Paul turn books. into a sandworm in, in later books? I think it goes a bit weird. I'm but just always I'm that's done what with happens. it. When point. you have success, people are like, oh, I need to hear more. I need more. And, uh, and sometimes that's like... 
So almost certainly the seek sequels are not as good. Yeah, it's Rare, rarely are book sequels as, as good. Agreed. Um, Apart from, dare I say it, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Fellowship of the Ring, closely followed by... Uh, Two Towers, which is excellent. Followed and The Return by, of the King. Exactly. Excellent, all, excellent movies. All very excellent, good. Excellent books. Excellent, excellent books. Excellent. Yeah, right. The Hobbit. And the Hobbit was written after those, right? Wasn't it? No, it doesn't no, The Hobbit was the first. first one, wasn't it? But the Hobbit, the Hobbit movies... Uh, weren't as well Oof. received, were they? People didn't oh, they, know. Were they were garbage. Why, what's, what was so bad about them? A lot. Oh, right. An awful lot. They yeah, they terrible. were awful. Yeah. If you, there's a, uh, I think her name is Lindsay Ellis. She's a YouTuber. She does a really good analysis of the Hobbit movies and why they suck. Right. The problem with The Hobbit was The Hobbit was a, ch- a children's book that was, wasn't very good, and it was quite small. It was like a Mr. Men book. They, it, it, it shouldn't like... have been a trilogy at all, and they basically everything that they wanted to put in, Peter Jackson just put in. But there was also, but also a lot of problems. It was like, with... Imagine they made the first three Harry Potter films out of the last three, you know, the, the the three darkest ones, and then they went back and made the super kid friendly one. Like I don't know, like it felt weird. Like like the t- because the fans were so expecting more Lord of the Rings, and I think I think that's if, not if you what it was. anyway, if you watch her video, it's a, it's a really good because I feel like when people really dissect a film that you didn't like. Like when I, I think about the, the prequel trilogy of Star Wars movies, which I hated, I knew I hated them and they were awful, but I didn't have the full list of terrible things. And Red Letter Media did a series of videos on the prequels and why they are abysmal. Well, that's what made them famous. Exactly. Really, wasn't it? And, but yeah. that analysis, there were things you didn't even notice. You knew they were bad and you knew at the time you thought this film sucks. But you couldn't quite put your finger on why. And when he when he shows mind. it to you back to back to back, all the awful things, you're like, God, yeah, that was that was awful. Uh, it's just like comically bad. I mean, that scene in the factory where they're like jumping over, it's like a Mario level. It's literally like a level from Mario. I can't even remember which film it was in or why they did it. But they were doing something where they're dodging bits of metal and machinery and stamping and stuff. And it made me think about that bit in Galaxy Quest where they go into the tunnels the service tunnels and there's like chompers there and they're like why why are these here and they're like well they they were in an episode so the the uh <laughs> the aliens built the ship according to the tv series i thought yeah that's pretty much it i like that stuff sorry we interrupted you again sips that's all right you're, you're getting great squashed today under our chat um i can't even remember what i was saying what was i that's yeah what did i say i make notes as i go on this podcast so i can come back all oh, oh, right that's good. <laughs> I watched the new series of The Boys. Oh yeah, oh, that's. Um, yeah. I haven't even watched series one of that. I know it's it's, it's I, very good. I know it's very, it's very good. good. Everybody's. I've seen the first episode and I liked it. I just haven't gotten around to getting back to it. You know, I need to. I mean, there's there's a few shows like that. I mean, I know that oddly enough, you, have you heard of the show True Blood? Yeah, it was a vamp. Oh, it yeah. was awful. It was a dreadful, dreadful. I watched show. a couple of seasons. I, of I that. think it was I a little it. bit like Star Wars. The prequels, like I watched them not realizing why they were so awful. It's dreadful. But it's awful. Yeah. I don't know. The first couple of seasons were pretty good. It started no, to they, get no. kind of... Um, Shukia. Shukia. Yeah, it started Shukia. to get... It, 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 got, it got much sillier Shukia. later on. But <laughs> Yeah. Everyone, I, liked, oh, like, I, I think that. I liked like two or three seasons of it, though. I well, there's, there are seven seasons. Yeah, there that's, seven. that's too many seasons for that. So Mrs. F was a diehard True Blood fan. Right. But then just kind of, for whatever reason, stopped watching. You know what it's like. Something else yeah, comes absolutely. along. absolutely. Or... I, I do it all so the time. So she wanted to finish it. So she's just finished all seven seasons. And I've been trying good to get Lord. her to watch Barry, which I think is a really good show. If you haven't seen Barry, check it out. 
It's an HBO show. Is it, how, how do you spell it? Is that the, the one? Is Barry. That, is Barry. Barry the one with the, the guy that has like a, a... Is it like Australian or something? No. It's oh. Bill, Bill Hader, yeah. who you might know from Saturday Night Live. He's a very funny guy. Yes. So he, he's him. an assassin. He's come oh. back from, from Afghanistan. He was a soldier. He's come back. And now he's an assassin. He works with the guy, oddly enough, who was the... I, I, was told, I, was told, I was told I could have my radio playing uh, twice, twice a day. That's my yeah, the stapler the guy, guy from Office from Space. Right? Office Space right. yeah. Oh, him. He, he is Barry's my sort of deepler. assassin agent. I, I was told I was told <laughs> that, that I could have my, my, my radio <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a considerate volume. It's it's not, you know, that I guy. recognize I'm his, his face. I can see, see his face right right now. So he plays a completely different character in this. Yeah, he's, he's like a, a really good maniac. actor, that guy, actually. He is I've very seen good. him in lots of different roles and he's very good. I'm trying to think what else I'm going to watch in. Barry now. This looks great. So I always use uh, Rating Graph, right. ratinggraph.com, and you can see True Blood on there. Like the first couple of seasons, great. Like, but after that, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Ooh, it takes it takes a real well, yeah. a real swan it's like dive. It's like Lost was like that. I loved Lost at first. I thought that was what a great idea for a show. I loved like the setting and stuff. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. And then after about two or three seasons, I just thought, um, what the fuck am I watching? Like, I well, the thing about Lost was it had twenty five episodes per season. They Oof. really had to. That was a lot. Did it of really? Fucking video. I stopped watching it when they found the hatch. And they they saw like a video feed of some dude with an eye patch, and I thought, okay, I'm oh man, the, the hatch stuff was actually some of the best stuff. When I they thought were it was great. Yeah, I thought it was really. The lead, I think the lead up to the hatch was really good because nobody knew what it was. Everybody was scared of it and stuff. But then, oh dude, and then even when they got into it and they had to like they were pressing the button because they weren't sure what was going to happen and stuff was pretty cool. But I don't know, I just I started losing interest like. You know, like the the weird smoke and everything. It was just too fucking. It was for, for too me. It much. got bad when you suddenly had the guy in white and the guy in black, and it was pretty clear that they were the devil and uh, and God or an angel and a demon at the very least. At that point, I was like, "This is kind of boring now." And the constant there, flashbacks. There were a few very cool episodes. There were, there were a few absolute stinkers. Uh, I think the ones. show suffered as well because uh, they had that huge writer's strike. Remember? Yeah. And yeah. then when it came back and everybody was back to work or whatever. I don't think that was the problem with Lost. The no, but with I Lost think was that they 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 didn't know where they were going. They had no idea. They, no, no, but <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is they had that big writer's strike, and then when people finally came back and they started. Started writing and shooting. A lot of the original cast, uh, like what, like one woman was arrested and she was no longer able to be on the show. A couple of people broke contract and were like, "I don't want to do this anymore." So they had to just uh, react to it by writing them out suddenly, like like Michael and Walt. That, that was certainly one part. Michael just wanted, in- just left the show. And they were yeah. just like, what the fuck? So they just had to do that whole thing where he just finds a raft and leaves the island because there was just literally <laughs> nothing else they could write for him. Yeah. But the worst, yeah. you know what the worst thing they did was, was that people on the, the, the lost sort of forums guessed the ending to the show and what the gist of it was. So they fucking rewrote the ending to the show. That was a big part of it, is that they built to an ending and then because some idiots guessed it, they changed I, it. I feel like that's so naive Oh, was that do. Lost? Like, did like, that happen in Lost as well? Yes! Oh, shit. It, it, it didn't happen with um, certain things, certain TV shows like got better as they went on, like Breaking Bad was a great example of a show where they knew they were go- where they they were going. They knew where they were going, yes. Um, and it had this ending in place by, you know, early, early development. And so like... They, they they ended it with 
a, on a high. And I think that is so important, you know, for, for good memories. Like, people remember Breaking Bad great. What was the other thing that was like a break, um, Better Call Saul? I'm not, I'm not, a Better Call Saul is fucking hard work, by the way. Oh, I love um, it. If you've got to watch it. It's great, but it's like super depressing. It's great, though. That's what's um, so good about it. I love the pacing in it. It's not like, it's just, a, it's just, it's just like a comfy sort of um, immersion thing for me. I like it. I, I just, I just like the. It does feel like more of that Breaking Bad world. Yeah. But after yeah, I'd we've... finished Breaking Bad and everyone was like, you've got to watch Better Call Saul, I was like, I am Breaking Bad outed. Like, I am done. I can't stand yeah. the quiet, the, the, the faint dripping of an air conditioner in the background. They're obviously in the middle of a fucking desert. Oh, I love it. It's all just that. super I, quiet, I super low, low key. Yeah. I, I can't do it again. I, I did it for however many seasons Breaking Bad was, and that was me tapped out. Yeah, I no, done. I, I, I haven't watched the latest season of Better Call Saul, but I, I do like it. I will I will watch it. Like I I, I like the whole Breaking story. Bad was grand was fantastic great, though. Yeah. What a show. Yeah. But yeah, oh, so man. uh the the boys, uh I know Tom uh Tom Clark said to me, Oh, you should try the comics, it's even more fucked up. And I went to uh, Forbidden Planet and I bought like five volumes of collected the boys and uh really? it's fucking bonkers like it's almost unreadable like i i preach the tv show I, I i heard that series one was kind of slow and boring so i just didn't bother watching it but mrs f watched the whole thing and when i spoke to her about it afterwards i did they put in the bit with because one of the things they find is that they've been basically interbreeding the pope and all these guys have been interbreeding jesus for two thousand years what? so they've got <laughs> <laughs> the son of the son of the son of etc cetera, etc cetera, Jesus in this underground bunker in a mountain somewhere in Colorado, and he's insane. He just throws shit into the walls. He's like bonkers. He's lost his mind because he's so inbred. And I thought there's no way they'd put that in a TV show. Mrs. was like, oh yeah, he's in there. I was like, what? Because the preacher is so nuts, and all the, there's so many bizarre things that happen. That I thought there's no way that's going to be in there, and it is. And I thought the boys when I read the boys comic, there's no way. I mean, it's even, it's like even worse than preaching for that kind of stuff. I mean, there's so much sex in it and so many orgies and just disgusting stuff. But there's things like in, in the boys' comics, at very early on, the, the boys have injected themselves with the serum to, to become Superman and, and fight the, the soups. And that isn't in the TV show at all. Um, and there's all kinds of right. other characters that just don't pop up. Um, it's interesting. Well, not, yeah. But the, the, interesting. the TV show veers wildly absolutely wildly away from from the comics and it's really? much more straightforward uh, and therefore watchable because the comic is insane it's absolutely insane yeah so i'm kind of glad they didn't stay that close i mean there are certainly aspects of it that they could put into later episodes but there's just like way too like, much gross um, stuff it's more like steelheart which is brandon sanderson's um thing about this evil superman who's called steelheart and he's like in a post-apocalyptic world basically because this this, 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 giving random people superpowers has fucking made some of them complete assholes. Um, and so they have this evil Superman ruling the world, and ordinary people have to try and take him down. And it's kind of this interesting idea. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it's, it's like, I think it's like a trilogy. It's called, I think it's called the Reckoning Trilogy. So I recommend it. I also recommend Brandon Sanderson if you want, if you want to read more of the boys, but not the same. Is this um, The Reckoners? Yeah, The Reckoners. A trilogy a great... of young adult superhero novels. Uh-oh! Uh-oh! 
publisher, <laughs> Random House Children's Books. No, thank here he goes you. again, trying to get us in it's on the no, young adults. I really enjoyed it. It didn't feel, didn't feel like we did a. Um, Why are you reading ch- kids' books book. all the time? What's wrong with you? You're oh a grown man. Oh my god, I recommend it. It's good. He loves good. kids' books. He this is the infantilization of the West that we've been warned about since the early '90s, and here you are. Everybody's into anime, and they're reading young adult novels. Yeah, grow up. Grow the fuck up! I think you'll like it. You're a goddamn adult. I wanted to read. You should read a newspaper, and that's it. All right. Well, I gotta say, I have a subscription to Reader's Digest and National Geographic because I'm an adult, and I only read those publications. I'll allow them. And Time Magazine. You've read the Sanderson novels, right? The um. The, the good ones, the Stormlight Archive, right? No, I haven't. I w- wasn't able to get into uh, Sanderson's stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's just like... The Way of Kings is is a mm, a great, great book. I know. I need, I have um, them. I just, uh, like I said, I tried reading them and I just could not get into them. I, I maybe need to just give them another go or whatever. I don't know. I'm just I like... I think it, it might be the next... I, I if, if they were to make Game of Thrones, then again... Like, so he's planned good, ten, but good. The Way of Kings would be the way to do it. Ooh, and so uh, the paperbacks have 1,258 pages. Yeah. What, 400, what these books. Oathbringer clocks in in a whopping. What's, what's the big thing with Sanderson? He's got like. words! That, that makes him. Um, that makes people like him more than other like fantasy writers. He's got like rules for magic or something. He's got like magic yeah, rules. Yeah, I've talked about it on here before. But yeah, he's just. He's just good. Right. Um, he knows what he's doing. He writes a lot. And uh, the Stormlight Archive is kind of his flagship series that is the one which is the good one. He's my yeah. age. He's done a few other things. Like, I, I recommend if you if you wanted to start off, Elantris is a good book. Elantris. Um, he completed it's, it's, the... He did the final books. He was selected by the author Robert Jordan's widow to complete the final books in The Wheel of Time. So he was the guy who finished, off finished The off Wheel, Wheel of, of Time, Time after Robert Jordan yeah. died. Another series of books I have no intention of reading. Well, The Wheel of Time is actually a very good classic fantasy series. Right, here are the or, names or of the modern, main characters. Rand Althor. Yes. Matrim Kothon. Yes. Erin Ibera. Egwene Alvir. Nineveh Almira. A, he's literally a farm boy who becomes a magic wizard genius swordsman mad, mastermind. Too genius, many apostrophes. Tar Varen yeah. and the main protagonist. It's a, it's a it's a very classic kind of The Dragon um, Reborn, known as Kar Akarn, or He Who Comes with the Dawn to the Ayale. Yeah, I'm out. I'm done. Tapping out. I'm out. Yeah, it's too it's fantasy, bit, too bit, too ludicrous. It's, a, it's very high fantasy. High fantasy. Yeah, but I, you know, I switch it's off when with certain people. I switch off when they use like the Elven language for too much. <laughs> you know, like the El El Rainier with like the apostrophes, ten apostrophes, yeah, different and letters. I just think, you it know looks what? Like Finish. Yeah. Life is too short. I just fucking you know, give me like a. I'll just go watch Goodfellas or something that. <laughs> I Do you understand. ever think it's ironic that here we are mocking young adult novels that Lewis reads, and then I'm immediately just tapping out of a book? This isn't it looks a young like adult novel. I'm going to forget I, the names. The old Wheel of Time is pretty. Wheel of well, Time okay, was yeah, a slog as well. I could not adult. do it. It's just. It's definitely. I mean, it's definitely not like too much. I think anything that isn't horrible can be young adult these days. So here's so. my my problem with a lot of these books is that it's such a. You look at them. It's such a. You know, it's going to be 
months of your life reading this thing unless you'd literally sit and pour through it. So you'd have to spend, I'd have to spend way more time every day just reading. And I'd be like, I could be playing Dota or or, or building up, you know, I, I could be doing that. Like the, the, well, the this, lure this is, of the internet. This is the eternal choice that people have to make in their life. Most people, PFLAX, have to go to work and stuff. They don't have the choice of whether to read or I know. fucking watch a movie. I know. You know. I'm literally thinking... Most people don't have the choice. They have a limited amount of time. And so I would recommend... <laughs> but if they like certain things, then if you want... I'm really into crusading stuff. And I've, I always like reading military... Um, Fiction and stuff about, yeah. you know, yeah. Agincourt yeah, and stuff like, like uh, Bravo Two Zero, which actually improves with every read. I'm, I might just, like, yeah. I just find myself gravitating more towards sort of history, uh, like nonfiction now. You know, like I like, I like reading biographies. I, oh fucking hell! What's happening? We're getting old. Well, we're, we're, it happens. We're going to be playing with train sets in yeah, a minute. You're not, you're not forty yet, are you, Lewis? No, no. She's yelling the, the kids to get off my lot. I feel like, like I'm rapidly approaching. How old is Lulu? I'm thirty-seven. Yeah. Right. So the reason you're obsessed with the fact that everything you do has to not reflect that you're getting old is because you haven't hit forty yet. Once you hit forty, I know, but I once you hit forty, it. you don't give a fuck, dude. Yeah. It's like a juggernaut fucking legging it towards me. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, look, I just listen. Also, I know I've been reading all this history, and also I just know that like people can't don't live much longer than forty. <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they're not made for it. Of course they Th fucking That's the best do. years. No one ever did nothing when they were over forty. That I mean, was my of, parents of are like sixty-five. So this whole time, um, they've just been they've just been chugging away in the background. They're Look still how going. miserable they are. No, they're, they're fine. <laughs> they can't bend over and pick up their golf balls. No. They have to use a little tool for they're it. They're fine. The hair's all gone. They're still living it up. They're You're still, just talking about me. They're still they're reasonably healthy. They still like doing the same shit that they've always done. Like it's, you know, it, it, I know. Like the thing is, just like, make the most of your life, people. Yeah, sit, is, sit and read young. a two thousand page fantasy novel. You're at the point now where your life won't really change like an awful lot, like uh, until you die in like sixty years time or whatever. You know, like um, you'll just you're, you're sort of like you 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 you've pretty much fully developed like the things that you like to do the way that you want to live your contentment all that kind of stuff that you don't have when you're in your 20s right when you're in your 20s you're just all over the damn place you want to do one thing one day and then another thing the next day or whatever and and then you just sort of like i don't know you get into your like mid mid to late 30s and you're just like yeah i'm i'm doing i'm doing pretty much what like i want to be doing or I'm playing video if, games for a If you're not, I'm not then um, I don't know what to say to you. But like uh, I've for like probably like ten years or so, I've just been like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty pretty fine with everything. You know, like <laughs> it's not it's not. There's been nothing like um, there's been no no huge changes or anything. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's just been smooth sailing, baby, <sighs> which is nice. I'm going to have to read Brother to Zero. I was it's, it's an Alan Partridge joke. That's what what he says. He says, oh, he says, Bravo to Zero, which actually improves with every read. It was just when you were saying that you like reading about the Crusades and military stuff, it just reminded me of Alan Partridge. That's all. It was like an accident. I accidental didn't realize Partridge. that was a reference. That's Sorry. Right. He's doing like a podcast. Yeah, it's called From the Oast House, which I think is a brilliant, a brilliant name. Um, and uh, Sorry, advertise somewhere. It'll probably be quite funny. I was kind of worried the Partridge stuff was tapped out. But um, I think I mean I do like I do like Steve Coogan. I think the he's, most I think recent he's season he did on um, the one where he had the uh, the talk show on. I couldn't the, stand he it. He co-hosted like that um, the one show yes, sort of mid morning thing. matters. I think yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, Man, it was so that. uncomfortable. Well, it was that, so yeah, no, real. It was uncomfortable, but that was part of why it was so funny as well, right? Like, but just... I I think if you if you recoil 
in natural horror at the cringe, if it's presented in too real a fashion, yeah. I think it actually, it's a very British thing. Yes. And I, yeah. I, I literally can't stand it. Um, I don't know. Go back and watch The Office and you'll get a lot of that as well. Yeah, it's we, we, we have yeah. definitely spoken about this before. That We've cringe comedy is either your thing well, well, or it's not. I mean, it's one thing, thing that Steve Cougar did, and uh, still doing with old Rob Brydon, is they go and do the trip, don't yes. they? Yes. Doing, they've done about four or five seasons of it. And it's, I think it's okay. I don't think it's like I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was good, but I think it's watchable. Yeah, and it's, quite it's the easy listening of of comedy. I'd say it's got some some chuckles in there, and it, they're just engaging people. Like it's fun to watch them. But I would say this: like every episode consists of them having a chat, Rob Brydon doing one of his voices, and then Steve Coogan doing one of his voices. Like the impressions seems to be a big part of it, and then them kind of not being very nice people and. Oddly, they have this weird friendship where they're like competing with each other constantly. Yeah. Um, so it, it is kind of weird. But I, I have, I'm, I'll confess, I haven't watched the latest seasons of, of the trip because it was just like you said, it was like, yeah, it's all right. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It was all right. It was, it was just very all right. Uh, so I think it? that's probably how I would define Alan Partridge yeah. as well. Like, eh, it's all right. Oh, the, the, the series um, in the Travelodge, I can't remember which series. That, that is a brilliant series. I love that series. But that had that was just him being a twat. Like it, it was just him being a, a horrible person, and the, the cringiness in it wasn't that bad because you had people on the show who were like making fun of him without him realizing, and you were kind of with those people. You know what I mean? Like you had a voice as the audience. I think Mid Morning Matters was just watching awful people doing cringy stuff, and it was just so uncomfortable. I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand it. The movie, Al- oh, did you see the Alan Partridge movie Alpha Pack? Yeah, I love that. I, as I, well. Not That's... very good. I thought, I thought it was. It was great. I thought it was okay. I thought, I thought it was. It was yeah, it was watchable. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. So Sips thought it was great. I thought it was okay to good and Peter in fact hated it. I didn't like wow. it. Wow. This is this is the trifles podcast in a nutshell, right? That's all My I My expectations were so low. So it was like That's all oh, I can really? handle. <laughs> That's fair. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh we'll see you all next week. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye.